Cram's Vile Caffeinated contains graphic and explicit content that may not be suitable to some listeners. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome, cool cats and kittens. <laughs> hey, all you cool cats and kittens. This is Carol Baskin here. <laughs> um... I'm so, I've never been more excited for an episode, I think. That's great, because I am so tired right now that I need you to carry the excitement level for this episode. Oh my god, I'm so ready to carry okay. the excitement, because I'm, let me tell you, full of excitement today, so. That's good. Maybe Maybe I'll feed off your energy, but until then... Welcome, guys, to Crimes While Caffeinated. I am Marissa. And I'm Abby, the other co-host. Yeah, with, you know, occasional uh, guest appearances. So, how are you doing, Abby? Because it's been a bit since we've recorded. It has been a bit since we've recorded. Um, I mean, I'm doing good. I Today, so I'm working from home. Um, which is a confusing thing because uh, I am an occupational therapist at a school, so I work with kids. And so all of my services need to be provided like over the phone and the internet. Um, and since I'm new, like a new practitioner, this is really like scary and confusing and I feel very like lost. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um in trying to figure out what I'm doing. Like, I really have no idea what the hell I'm doing. So, um... I mean, do any of us really know? (laughs) Yeah. It's... So, today was uh, pretty stressful. But then I screamed into a pillow, and now I feel better. I also also talked with my supervisor, and she helped me feel better, too. And she was like, if you need to talk things out, just call and we can talk things out and I was like okay because like that's I need to like say it out loud yeah like and like have somebody listen and tell me what to do yeah that that's awesome so I was like I just I need this because I can't deal with yeah I can't deal so I was gonna say I was like you know it's really awesome that you have a supervisor who can help you with that um So there's that. So yeah, she's, at least you're feeling a little bit better. She's great. She's an amazing person. So I'm very lucky that I have her, honestly. Nice. Um, yeah. I, I just keep going to like, nice. That's great. That's so good. But I'm being genuine. I'm just, <laughs> <laughs> I swear I'm being genuine. <laughs> I know. I know. I know. Uh, I am tired because I had a busy Monday. Okay. Weird and surprising because uh, it seems like every day is like a million billion years in themselves normally mm-hmm. as of late. But uh, no, today I was working on a project for um, work. And uh, then I had somebody from a food pantry come and meet with me because we have a food pantry for students who don't have anywhere else to go Mm -hmm. 
we don't currently have um, dining services operating mm -hmm. uh, on campus. So we've been doing a food pantry and it's required me to go shopping for a lot of food um, because, you know, I'm trying to feed 14 people. And I was like to my parents, I was like, is this what it feels like to be a parent when you fully stock a kitchen and then you come back and it's all gone? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so that has uh, been kind of stressful lately, but with meeting with the food pantry today, they uh, had us like follow them to the food pantry and she gave me like a van full of stuff Oh wow! Uh, for my students. So I'm really, really happy with that. Um, and I was like, please like keep some of your stuff because I'm so like I want to make sure that like the people in the town have stuff too and she's like yeah no like we'll have plenty we'll have new shipments in like it's she was so sweet and then um this other gentleman um who's been reaching out um because he used to work for the school um his his girlfriend made like a like a uh, Spidacopita, the like yeah, yes. Greek. Spanacopita, yeah. Yeah, she made a casserole for the students. And he like tracked me down to give it to me, and it was so cute. My heart melted. So, yeah, that, that was like a positive thing that I was like, oh, there's faith in humanity in the world. That's really sweet of them. Yeah, I, so I've been like trying to like going back and forth with like moving all the stuff into the car, moving it all out of the car and into the food pantry, sorting through some stuff that we're going to keep in like back stock so that it doesn't all disappear in one go. And then I also uh, was the driver for the shuttle service today. So I dropped some students off at market basket and then Walmart and I really don't like sitting in the parking lot, <laughs> but you know, you got to do what you got to do, but I have a Oreo McFlurry and a Diet Coke right now after I ate a lot of French fries and a burger, so I'm pretty happy uh, with a little Leo next to me, so yeah. That's how my day's been going, so I'm really hoping, because I'm pretty drained, that you'll have the energy. Um, yes. <laughs> okay, well, what are you drinking today? Um, I have some red wine. Um, Ooh. Yes, from Wink. It's a blend, and it's called, like, The Last Poet or Lost Poet or something like that. I don't remember. I love that. I know it's it's cute. It's a really cute um, bottle, yeah, and stuff. But um, yeah, so I'm drinking that today, and uh, yeah, that's. Mm. I feel like I was gonna say something else, and then I forgot. So, what are uh, you drinking? <laughs> uh, currently, I'm drinking Diet Coke mostly because uh, I it came with my meal, but okay. uh, my stomach's also a little too full. Uh, to go pour some alcohol right mm -hmm. now. So uh, I might end up getting up mid 
midway through the episode and maybe pour myself a glass of wine. So, Abby, why don't you talk about, um, I mean, I'm assuming that you guys can guess based on our intro um, what today's episode is going to be about, but Abby, take it away, girl! Okay, um, so today we're going to talk about Tiger King! I'm so... (laughs) I'm so excited because we had to hold, well, we didn't have to, but like we held off for a while before watching it. So mm-hmm. this, like, this has just been, I watched the whole thing this weekend. Um, Same. And uh, like binged it. It is crazy. It's wild and wonderful and awful. And yeah. <laughs> um, and and uh who who was like the driving force behind this episode? Oh, so the driving force behind this episode is my dad, Mike Hunter, <laughs> who has been uh encouraging me for weeks to watch this uh documentary series and then talk about it on the podcast and um <laughs> later on he will be guesting for us. He will be um, via phone, he will be a guest on the podcast, and he is going to share his thoughts and ideas. I know he's, <laughs> he's excited to talk about it, and he loved it. That's awesome. So, it's a fun episode already. <laughs> it's it's going to be a wild episode. Um, so no unintended. That's right. <laughs> what, what, okay, like, one, did you like it? Um, Okay, so it's not that I didn't like it. I think, and my coworkers like had been driving forces behind me watching it because they've all watched it and I hadn't watched it. And it's weird when the girl who has a crime podcast hasn't watched the documentary everyone's talking about. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and um, one of them made like a really strong point was that um, one of my coworkers, Camille, she kind of explained that she watched it and thought that it was pretty boring in the beginning. And then when they, like, end episode two being like, well, she probably murdered her husband. Like, that's how, like, you kind of get dragged into it. Yeah. Uh, I I think once I got past the first two episodes, um, I liked it more. And then I got into it being like, oh, my God, like, all of this just crazy crazy shit um and on top of that I my and you watched Abby watched the extra episode that came out yesterday I have not but I I was like it's okay if I don't watch it because like you can like kind of give me the gist of it but I heard a lot of tea was spilled there there was some tea spilled um basically everybody was talking mad shit on Joe Exotic but like you know um yeah it it was basically done in just like these short little interviews that Joel McHale did um via like Skype or whatever with yeah um a bunch of different people from the docuseries and Mm -hmm. then they just kind of uh he just kind of went through each interview one at a time and so it wasn't what I was expecting the bonus episode to be but it ended up being interesting and I was like okay this is um, mm-hmm. like, I'm still, like, 
I still, it's interesting to hear everybody's perspective on it after it's come out and after, like, the reception of it. Um, yeah, especially since it's, like, blown up overnight, pretty much. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because it got so big so fast. And Joel yeah. McHale kept, kept calling it, like, the most uh, popular documentary in the world or something like that. <laughs> Which, like, yeah. I don't know if it's the most it's going to be that, but, like, it definitely is a very, like everybody's talking about it and everybody's making memes about it and it's because the we're characters oh well I was also gonna say because it's all we're all locked inside and there's nothing else to do <laughs> yes yes but also just like the characters of it which is like why I think um I agree with you that the first couple of episodes aren't as interesting but I yeah. understand why they are there like yes why they have to be a little bit boring is because they have to introduce you to all the different people and, and they have so to, many people yeah and they're talking about so many different characters in this yeah. story in this saga so yeah. Uh, they have to kind of set it up and give you the background info and then then they can get into the story and the the drama and the craziness yes. um, and the entire time I was watching it every time like it was trans like the when it the countdown to the next episode I literally was like getting up around my apartment and like getting a blanket or whatever and I was just singing like out loud <laughs> Carol Baskin Killed her husband. Why act him? You can't convince <laughs> me that it didn't happen. Carol, oh, my husband. <laughs> and I was so, like over and over and over again in my head. <laughs> so yeah, I think that's one of the big things that we obviously need to discuss is Carol, Carol Baskin and um, the the mysterious disappearance of her husband. Um, her second husband. Her second husband. But let's lay it out a little bit first. Yes. Because, like, it focuses mainly on three different um, parks or, like, privately owned uh, safari type zoos. For, yeah. Pri- um, privately owned zoos or in Carol Baskin's uh, section of, um, like, a sanctuary. Yeah, she refers to hers as, hers as a rescue. Um, so there's, there's Carol Baskin there's Joe Exotic, and then there's Doc Antle. And Doc Antle is kind of the least dramatic of all three of the, like, stories. Yeah, um, he's still fucking creepy. But he still has a very weird thing going on. And I'm like, why is it that, like, everybody who has tigers is, like, weird? <laughs> They're all psychotic. That's, that's <laughs> one thing that I think we all realized was, like, if you think cat people are crazy, big cat people are fucking crazy off their rockers shit like yeah. oh god but okay where do you want to st- so you want to break it down as um so yes there's three parks that we're going to be talking about yeah one of them is gw which is the joe exotic one um and then what was um what was the the other guys uh doc antle yes um, his his theme or not theme park. His zoo is called. I know, it's pretty much his a theme park, an animal mm-hmm. theme park. A Myrtle Beach Safari. Oh, that's what it was. Yeah, he's located in Myrtle Beach, obviously. Um, yeah. GW is located in Oklahoma. Oh, and it's uh, GW stands for Greater Winniewood. That's the town that they're in, Greater Winniewood Exotic. Oh, 
Oh, yeah, you're right, you're right. Yeah. Um, so. And then uh, Carol Baskin's uh, Big Cat Rescue Big Cat um, is uh, located in Florida. Assuming that people have seen it. Um, yeah, this is definitely, like, there's so much that goes on in this series that we cannot sum it up within an hour yeah. time so yeah we can't really like summarize it for you so if you haven't watched it go watch it if you are sensitive to the topic animal of animal abuse yeah if you're sensitive to the topic of animal abuse animal cruel cruelty the death of animals etc do not watch it i just want to kind of try to keep as little discussion of that aspect of it as possible you oh, know? yeah, yeah, yeah. Just okay. because that's not the main, like, part. Like, that's not the part that necessarily is, like, yeah. what, what we want to talk about. So, no. like, let's just try to keep the mentions of, like, what ha- spe- what's specifically happening to the animals to a minimum, I think. Because it's a little bit... Because it's very, like, upsetting to, like, think about and talk about. Um, yeah. I mean, it, yeah. Does, it does play a part, especially at the end, and, like... It- the court cases. Yeah, so that that definitely plays a part. Um, <clears throat> that plays a part in it for sure. Okay, uh, but let's. Okay, I get what you're I saying. Like, okay. just yeah, like describing it in detail is not. No, like, no, no, no. Okay, so my question for you right now is: yes. What is one of the parts that your jaw like dropped? Oh God. Um. There were so many. Because I could I could right off the bat tell you right now where I literally was like, holy fuck. So the things, um, I guess the things that like surprised me the most between like all three of these parks was the like a cultish behavior. Oh my <laughs> God, seriously. Like the, the manipulation and almost... Like, if anything, it really was, like, imprisonment. And when they say, like, don't go and say that it's a cult, like, it was a fucking cult. Like, all these people are having sex with, like, the leader or they're manipulated in some way to, to you know, for the benefit of the owner of the park. Yeah, and because even... They're even, making, like, no money, so it's not like they could even leave. So even in Carol Baskin's case, yeah. her the people that work at her park are 100 are 100% volunteers so nobody gets paid meanwhile this woman has her facebook page or whatever and is making millions of dollars from yep. posting on her facebook page and youtube and like using social media basically yeah mm-hmm. um and so- it's it's things like she'll like you'll have like an intern and then you have like however many years where you can earn your next color shirt like a karate yeah. class and like it's not even like it's not even just like regular volunteer work it's like you have to really commit and put in the hours like it's a full-time job but without yeah. getting paid and you and like the volunteers were talking about like oh we don't go we don't celebrate christmas because we don't like like we we're here on christmas you know yeah. and it's just like that kind of mentality of like uh, having to commit so much of yourself to this place in order to be, uh, like, recognized, and you yeah. get recognized uh, more and more the more time you spend, that is, like, again, yeah, I feel like that's another, like, cult yeah. kind of mentality. Like, you're, you're, trying, you're trying so hard to, like, be seen 
by this person who only sees the most important and dedicated people. Like Carol literally was like, oh, I don't know who half the people are. I'm like, like, what the fuck? Like she, the, the way it came across to me was just so, and I think a lot of people feel this way too. And they mentioned it in it. Like, you know, she's going around saying, and I don't know if you feel the same way. This is how I feel. So I'm just speaking for myself. But, you know, uh, several of those people were like, okay, she's benefiting from having these animals and making money. So, like, she's just calling it a rescue doesn't mean that you're, like, you're not exploiting these animals. Like, they're just as bad as Joe Exotic and and, uh, Bo or whatever his name is. Doc Antle. Whatever. I don't know. I think that my brain's just so creeped out by him that, like, I just, I refuse to acknowledge his existence. So, Uh, I I definitely agree that, like, Carol Baskin is too much on a high horse about her um, park versus the other two parks. However, I do think, I do, like, understand the key differences is that, like, she doesn't do the, um, the petting of the babies and things like that and allowing um, the people, allowing people to come in such close contact with the animals. Yeah, that's Um, fair. And I feel like that in itself, like doing the whole like taking a picture and petting and holding a baby tiger it does seem very wrong and oh, unethical yeah. and doesn't seem appropriate um yeah. as far as like the treatment of the animal goes so i like i do understand in that respect why it's different but at the same exact time um you know she's calling it a rescue but she's also purchasing these animals yeah um and, yeah, she's saying she's purchasing them from, like, uh, they were going to be sold for fur or whatever. But that could just be her saying that. Because, yeah, like, she's going no to... Yeah, there's no evidence to back yeah. it up. And, she, um, and uh, Cassidy actually went there in... What? 20... Cassidy's been to the Big Cat Rescue. She no went in 2020. way! <laughs> yes. Yes. She was like, oh, I've been there. And I was like, What? What? <laughs> She showed, me, she showed me pictures and she said, like, because I was telling her about it and she said, yeah, that they explained all of that stuff about that they were rescued from such and such and so and so. And um, that she's she said that they they told um, the people on the tour that it was the some of the tigers were rescued. At, they were being bought from like zoos that were closing or yeah. um, like people who raised them in captivity and didn't want them anymore. Like people who were like privately raising a tiger in their own home, Um, stuff like that. So that's like kind of the, the story that they're, that they're saying. Um, Yeah. We're trying to say selling. Selling. I mean, yeah, that's (laughs) that's the story that they're selling really is that uh, they're doing good by protecting these animals and rescuing these animals, quote unquote rescuing these animals but is it really even like is it, is it really humane to yeah. to have them there in the first place and yeah these cages but like and, uh, it's sorry, so it's gone. such an issue it's such an issue of of um because you know that a lot of because you know all of these tigers were born in captivity and can't survive in the wild so it's not like you can just ship them back off to the jungle and say be free oh um, yeah because they wouldn't survive, they'd die. So, like, 
I get that to the point where there's like, yes, there's um, these animals who are born in captivity need somewhere to be raised in captivity. Um, But at the same time, she's also exploiting them by using them as a park and like doing the Facebook stuff in the same, in the same way. Um, Oh, and then the other side of it is the breeding that uh, she wasn't doing breeding, but um, yeah, she was getting them fixed. But in my, in my argument, I would say the there's so if, if you've seen it, you know that uh, there's the campaign manager because Joe Exotic decides he's going to run for president. And um, governor. And then governor. Um, <laughs> but his campaign manager, you know, points out at the end of the series that, like, they spent millions of dollars going back and forth, like, accusing each other, suing each other, countersuing each other, you know. And fighting. All, all, and all of this stupid stuff. And he was like, you say it's about the animals, but you could have spent all that money that you like did on that, like protecting them in their natural habitats and yeah. not locking them away in these zoos and feeding them Walmart, like discounted meat. Like that was yeah. so disgusting to me. I was like, that is like, first off, how are you, how are you positive that you're not like, harming these animals by giving them meat that could be tainted or not refrigerated or and and like don't get me wrong I I'm just I'm speaking from my own point of view I really don't know like I'm assuming that they can eat a lot of stuff but it there was something about like watching them like flip over these trash cans filled of like packaged meat that just, I felt... That was expired. Dis- yeah, I just, I felt disgusted. And I was like, how dare you? Yeah. And, th- yeah, that was the sad thing about... That was, like, the really sad part about Joe Exotic's Park was that he clearly invested less um, time and money into maintaining the park or maintaining the animals basically like he spent less money taking care of them because you hear um I think it was was it Doc Antle who said it costs ten thousand dollars a week to feed a tiger or something yeah and Joe Exotic was like I can do it for three thousand a week because um because the uh because we have the Walmart donations or whatever so he's kind of trying to find like the the cheap and easy way out and it's like when you're raising or when you're taking care of uh, wild exotic animals, you shouldn't be trying to cut corners. <laughs> no, no, and and I think <sighs> there's a lot there's a lot of issues with each of the players in this game. Um, you know, you've got uh, Doc who they, I got it. There you go. Um, you've got Doc who he comes across like just like. It, he comes off more of like rich exploitation than anybody else. Yeah. I think like he'll post like videos on Facebook of like monkeys opening up like birthday presents and stuff, which like in some aspects is cute, but there's something about like forcing animals to do something that they don't normally do that. Um, felt strange and um, like live streaming it 
Yeah. And like, and you know, I, I mean like, yes, I put together an Easter egg hunt for Leo, but I cracked the eggs open and gave him the treats. Like I wasn't making him like find every single one of them. Like I was pointing them out to him because I thought it was kind of cute. Okay. But no, there's a, there's a really big difference. And also Leo's a cat. He's meant to be raised in your house and he's meant yeah. to have this kind of interaction with you. He's meant to have interactions with you. That's yeah. why he exists. Um, and, and, and there's, and like, including yesterday, there were plenty of times where, you know, I'm watching the film and I'm like, what, like, there are times where I'll go to pet Leo and he'll latch onto my hand so hard and I get so <laughs> mad and he's so small comparative to these big animals that I'm like, like, you have to be out of your fucking mind to go in and think that that animal, no matter if it's only been bred in captivity, that it's not going to attack you. It's in their nature. Like, it's going to take, like, years and years and years and years, like, to make it where an animal, like, doesn't have those natural aggressions. But even, like, house cats, even dogs, like, we have this conversation all the time about smaller animals of, like, it's their nature. They're an animal. Like, they're not, you know, one could argue that all of them are not meant to live in captivity. But yeah, it, it's it's something along the lines of like watching these huge animals that like I feel like they're so dumb to think like you've changed this animal in a way that it's not going to literally bite your fucking arm off. Yeah, I mean, ask Siegfried and Roy. Um, yeah, but <laughs> <laughs> and and that guy who got eaten by his own bears. Yes. Or his his bear friends that he lived his with. His bear him. friends, yes. Yeah, I don't remember what that guy's name was, but he got eaten by his own by his bear friends. Very. I mean, like you see, even you know, um, Steve Irwin, who was a highly educated and very like compassionate person with animals and like knew a lot and took the most safety precautions that he could mm-hmm. when interacting yeah. with animals died because of an animal like yeah you know like so it's stupid to think that if you're going into this like and that's the other thing is that these people have no training um like carol baskin doc yantle and and joe exotic none of them are zoologists none of them are are big animal veterinarians like none of them have any of this like background or expertise or training in this they're all just doing it because they want to and they have the financial means to which Um, like which i think is a very good point that you're making like if they really cared like why like for for example like carol baskin and even even um even joe like if they cared so much about these animals and wanted to save these animals, why didn't they go to school to be, like, a veterinarian? Like, don't get me wrong. You need to have high grades and, like, shit with that. But, like, at least some certification in some realm of how to properly take care of an animal that isn't, like, you know, feeding it. Like, wouldn't that make the most logical sense? Yeah, or even, like... the most humane sense? Or even, like, applying for jobs at or applying to volunteer at 
ex- already existing zoos and rescues and places where they have um, actual zoologists and experts on their yes. staff who are there for the purpose of like helping to train people to interact with these wild animals. Like the the things that they're doing, regardless of Carol Baskin can can call herself a rescuer all she wants, but it's just, she's being as selfish as the the rest of them um, oh, yeah. for for taking these animals into her hands that she does not have the expertise to take care of. It sucks to see the way that everybody is just like kind of fascinated on the outside by ooh it's a tiger and doesn't really stop to think about what does it mean to raise a tiger and take care of a tiger and have a tiger in captivity? Like, what does that mean? Um, They don't really think about those consequences. It's really more thinking about themselves and what they want to do for fun, you know? And and a lot of it really has, and I think that this plays into it with the partners that they pick, it all has to do with power. Like, if you can conquer something that not many people can conquer in the sense of, like, you know, oh, look at me, I'm, like, petting this gigantic cat that not, like, that most people are scared of, and, like, you know, like, that could kill me at any moment in time, like, look at how much power I have, like, that's, it it all comes down to the power dynamic, I really think. Yeah, and you, and that's exactly why, um, each of these parks is a cult in their own way um, because yeah. they're started by people who are people who crave uh, power and control. So um, like full control, these people have full control over, yeah. over their, their partners, their employees. So I want to talk about Doc Antle first. Okay. I, I want to talk about Doc okay. Antle for a second and just like really get into him because he's like the lesser of the three in terms of, like, being uh, talked about in the documentary, I feel. Yeah. Like, but I think that they, like, <laughs> he needed his own uh, episode. He needs his own documentary, because uh, he's yeah. weird. It, it, he's so weird and bizarre, and, like, so they talk he about... He gives uh, me the fucking creeps. But I feel like he's the most classic example of a cult leader. Yes, in, yes, in, absolutely. Because he makes them all call him Bogmon or whatever, which means, like, Lord. So he is already establishing himself as God and and treating, like, and expecting everybody to treat him like he is God and he is their leader. Um, And then he also has these multiple sexual partners who each have different, who are his wives, but he has made several statements um, since the documentary came out saying, I'm single, those aren't my wives. <laughs> um, yeah, even though they call them, like, wife, 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 wife. And they interviewed, and as you know, they interviewed a, a woman who used to be, like, considered one of his wives, but they all changed their names. Yeah, so that's another thing. Um, they all changed their names after get it like working at this park which is another tactic um that cult leaders use to try and take away your identity yeah um, like you have nowhere else to go like i made i made you who you are yeah, exactly. like, like you can't leave this is your identity now and who are you without without me you don't have an identity anymore um so he's take and he, and then he's also taking care of these women that he that are his like partners his wives um there's a 
scene where he's like driving in a golf cart and he's like this is one girl's house this is one girl's house this is one girl's house so it's like he has like his three wives you each have different houses and then he has his own house so he's taking care of them giving them whatever they want and uh, he's also only paying them like a hundred bucks so they can't like really leave also they're working so many hours that like they they can't leave because they don't they're not meeting anyone who could take them away. Yeah, so the people who are like coming in as newbies are like the lowest on the totem pole and have to work the hardest and have to um, work their way up, which is exactly how it works in Carol Baskin's park as well. You're coming in yep. with have to work your way up. Um, but the way that they work their way up at Doc Antle's park is they have to sleep with sleep Doc Antle. With <laughs> yeah. I was and... like, there's no way that I would fucking sleep with a person like that. Yeah, he's gross. He's, he's got a so gross. He's got a ponytail. Like, don't fuck someone with a ponytail. I mean, like a guy. Like, well, okay, I don't want to say that, but like, an old white cisgender man <laughs> with a ponytail, with a long gray ponytail. Don't fuck him. Don't fuck him. No, because he's most likely a cult leader. <laughs> yeah, like that's just <laughs> such cultish behavior. Um, oh, on top of that, I just really quickly need to just like interject in one part. So there's one guy, um, Jeff. Um, who, like, takes away Joe Exotic's whole park. And at the end, his pregnant wife, one of his wives, pretty much, because uh, he goes to Las Vegas and fucks a whole bunch of people with cubs that he snuck in with suitcases. Mm-hmm. But um, he's, like, tapping her belly, being like, yeah, you want a nanny, so I got to pick the nanny. And I was like, ooh! Oh my god, just shoot me in the head because I can't, I can't, uh. Yeah, so he is also somebody that has a clear um, power. power and control problem. And that's yeah. why him and, and that's why he says, like, in the end of the, uh, like, one of the last episodes, he says, like, every business deal I have goes wrong or whatever. Like, it's yeah. fine at first and then it goes bad. And it's because he enters into, uh, like, professional relationships with people who also want to be in charge and then he but he wants to be in charge and so then it's just a power struggle between these two people like between him and Joe Exotic it was a power struggle yeah um of like Jeff was providing all the money so he wanted to have the control Mm -hmm. but Joe Exotic wanted to have the control because he was there first so it, it was like and Carol and Carol Baskin wants control over you know like she wants to instill laws and, you know, like, make make people do what she wants them to do. Yes. And, yeah. And so, like, you, in, in all aspects of it, like, of course they all hated each other and went for each other's neck is because, like, they can't all be the top. Yes, exactly. So it's it's very much power and control focused and and yeah I think that I really like Doc Antle is so creepy and he's got such a personality of like you can see exactly how it's a cult and you can even see like the way they dress like the uniforms that they wear it's so oh yeah he picks their outfits yeah and oh and also um the woman who was in the who used to be working at the zoo or whatever with him, she says 
they made her get like breast implants. Yeah. Um, and she like she literally says like I don't remember agreeing to it. I just remember them telling me I was getting them, and then I got them. Like it was literally like literally she, shaking my head. Yeah. Uh, so he's he clearly like these people. They like clearly. Doc Antle and, like, Jeff, they view women as inferior and they view them as their sex objects. So they treat them as such, but then also have this way of manipulating them into thinking that this is how they're supposed to be treated and keeping them in their lives yep. somehow. <laughs> um, so it's just, like, it's well, just and, and And as we realized, and I want to I wanna talk about the one part of it, um... And as we realized, like, Joe was doing the same thing with these men who, before him, identified as straight. And suddenly he has multiple husbands. And, you know, like, so, you you know, there's, there's that aspect. There's the aspect that Joe, like, wanted, you know, wanted people and fueled their, like, love and marriage, quote, unquote, with supplying them drugs and mm-hmm. all this other stuff. And the part where my drop jaw literally dropped was the camera footage of the guy's oh. reaction to Trevor shooting himself in the head. Travis and Tra- also sorry. um <laughs> I'm really bad with names, clearly. <laughs> that yes, that was absolutely one of the most jaw dropping moments. I um, literally like screamed. I was like, no, oh my God. I was like, cause I, you know, the way that they were talking about him was in past tense, like the whole episode, like season, like episodes throughout. And I'm sitting there being like, okay, what happened that Travis isn't there? So, um, I think we were on like the second episode or something. And Anna was like, where is he? And I was like, I don't know. And then Anna Googled it and was like, no. oh, he's dead. <laughs> was like, oh, he's dead. And I was like, I was like, what? What why did you just do that? <laughs> um, which is like it's it's something that we laugh about because she we're rewatching Criminal Minds right now, side note, and she has seen it and I have not. And every time, like <laughs> mid episode, she'll be like the killer is so and so, and I'm like, could you? Is could you wait? Is she guessing, or does she like know? No, when she she's knows. It? Okay. She knows. What she's telling me. It's a and then, or also, she'll be like, did so and so die yet? And I'm like, I no. <laughs> yeah, my my mom is that type of person too. And then when I'm watching TV shows or movies and stuff, um, she'll like basically like try to get every answer out of me prior to it showing up like for an example in this she'd be like is Travis dead and I'm like mom just watch it and you'll find out she was like is Travis dead Travis is dead and I was like mom just watch it and there's times where we're watching it and she's asking me and I'm like mom I know as much as you know like why are you asking me like yeah I, I'm, I'm living through this with you. So, um, yeah. but yeah, so I, I completely get that. But I was like, the one thing that I've kind of picked up through like TikTok and like the jokes online and like, and, and stuff that I've seen in passing, because I really didn't go diving deep into Tiger, 
Tiger King like online prior to watching this. Yeah, the same. only thing that I knew was the fact that she killed her, that she quote unquote killed her second husband um, yeah. or that she killed one of her husbands. And that was pretty much it. I knew that there was some like hit taken out, but Honestly, I had thought for a while that Carol Baskin had asked Joe Exotic to to kill for her. That's what I I was going into it. I was under the impression that the two of them were working together and not that they hated each other. So, yeah, Cassidy Cassidy said, like, similar thing because she also, like, wasn't paying attention to, like, everything. And she thought that... Um, Joe Exotic and Carol Baskin were married. <laughs> yeah, <I guess. laughs> and I was like, oh no. Um, yeah. But that's, but yeah, back to like the, like back to Joe Exotic and his manipulation of uh, of men. And and the other thing, the other interesting thing was um, that his cult behavior is like a different kind of cult, like a Charles Manson type, where he was taking in misfits, people who had just come out of jail, people who were on like the fringes of society. <laughs> so people to speak. who were literally sitting on like sitting at a gas station and someone had like mentioned to him that they've been there for like hours yeah so he's finding people who are um they don't have another choice yeah he's he's like finding people who are struggling and people who are um misfits and and out outcasts of society um and you can tell that by the people by the uh, people when they're being interviewed like and I feel like his husbands as well were also people who were kind of on the fringes of society there's um the I forget what his name is Chris with the with the guy with no teeth who is shirtless (laughs) the guy with no teeth who is shirtless the whole time the the fact that he had it tattooed on him that he was property of Joe Exotic yeah, that shows you how, like, heavily manipulated he was. And in the uh, follow-up episode, um, they talk about it. Joel McHale asks him why he's, um, why he was shirtless the whole time. And he's like, <laughs> I have tattoos. I wanted to show them off. Um, <clears throat> oh, and then you get to see also his new set of teeth, which he looks so much better with them and in the interview in the follow-up interview he has a shirt on so good news for him um he seems to be doing well in his life and I'm happy for him um (laughs) but Joel McHale did ask him also Joel McHale was like when you are like when you like met your current fiance like you had to say to her like oh you know that crazy guy with the mullet who (laughs) And all the yeah I was married to him <laughs> and uh and he's like yeah I mean like we didn't really keep secrets from each other it was we were just I was just upfront and honest about it like it you know it's part of my life whatever so he was like kind of like had a like whatever attitude about it well um, wasn't wasn't his fiance the receptionist I think he has a different fiance now oh I think it's a different person I think that's Gotcha. Um, I'm not. I'm not hundred percent sure, but I, I'm. I'm pretty sure it is. Because I. Um, thought, I thought that they had said in the episode that it, she was the receptionist and she got pregnant and then he left Joe and Joe was yes. pissed. Yes. Yeah, so so he, he does have a daughter. Okay. Um, he does. But have you a don't daughter. know if he's married to that person. But I don't think. I don't think he's married to the daughter's mother. Gotcha. They showed pictures of him with his current fiance, and it didn't look like the same person. But I don't know. Um, but 
these are all examples of different types, like three different types of cults where it's like Doc Antle is the sex cult. And then Mm -hmm. (laughs) um, where he's like the sexual God. And then Joe Exotic, who's like pulling in the, pulling in the misfits, pulling in the outcasts and um, convincing them that this is their family and this is where they belong. Yeah. And that's a belonging. Yeah, and Carol Carol comes across as, like, one of those, like, religious cults that are, like, we're doing this for a higher power. Exactly. Carol is, Carol's cult is, like, a religious cult that they're doing this for, like, quote-unquote, the greater good. And so it's, you feel like you're doing something, being a part of it, you feel like you're doing something to help um, society in some way or that you're... Yeah. you're the world by doing it so those are these are each like three different types of cults that exist so it's actually a really interesting look at like the group dynamics of each um each of these parks and each of these like casts of characters because you see the differences in the people that are working for doc and like the differences in doc antle's wives who are like these young beautiful attractive women and then um you know joe exotic's husband who has no teeth <laughs> like, just like... and then you have carol baskin's current husband who just is just as off his rockers as she is yes and he's like he's a he's a weird he's a weird guy for sure the part where he's singing to her yeah. also i'm not gonna lie i was watching her with him and it just it seemed so fake their relationship oh yeah like they did not seem like they were in love at all yeah I couldn't see them as a married couple I was like there was like no chemistry yes yes (laughs) which is funny to say but it's it's like yeah that's exactly how it felt it, it came it came across as if I had to like mentally think of it like he's a puppy dog and he follows her around and she like will, like, keep him reeled in, but they sleep in separate beds. Like, that's yeah. what uh, that's what I was vibing. And I was like, huh. Yeah, for sure. That's exactly, I 100% agree with like, you. Like, spot on, right? Yeah, I 100%. Like, he's like, oh, honey, like, I'll do whatever. I'll spend all my money on protecting you. Yeah. And she's like, I could care fucking less about you, but whatever. Yeah. Oh God, yeah. Um, uh, let's let's go back to Joe Exotic for a second. I want to go back to back to the dynamics, more of the dynamics of his cult, because I'm just gonna refer to them all as each a cult, because each of them is a cult. But the dynamics of his cult is uh, what what is? I feel like that's the biggest focus because those are like the weirdest people. Um. Well, he's like you said, he's definitely like a Charles Manson, like. I'm trying to become famous and then I get into this crazy shit cuz like and you also, watch his you watch his fucking music videos which you're just like <laughs> like him when he's holding the pile of shit I was like uh why is that necessary Also he's kind of stupid but he's like emotion like he's emotionally manipulative he's not an intellectually manipulative kind of person mm-hmm. he's an emotionally manipulative kind of person who isn't really thinking about necessarily consequences um well, in my opinion donald trump i mean kind of yeah um he because yeah he's appealing to people based on um based on feelings and then okay. he's also like he's he's 
he was spoiling his husbands so that they would stay with him. So he was buying Travis as many drugs as he wanted, as many guns as he wanted, and buying um, Chris, like, as many guns and cars and whatever else he wanted to kind of keep them roped into him. So they felt tied to him because he was taking care of them. And then also um, they talk a little bit, his current husband talks a little bit about, oh, he's a really affectionate person. He needs affection at all times. So that... His name was Dylan, that I remembered. Yes, so that makes me think that he was the type of person that's like, I'm so lonely and so sad, and I just need someone to comfort me. Like, that makes yeah. me feel like he's, like, more an emotional manipulator um, versus, like, an intellectual type of manipulator. Oh, you know? no, for sure. You can tell that he's not an intellectual human being. And, like, it, it's also interesting because you have, like, the kind of the, like, draw, the, not the drawback, but, like, going back to his, like, not being intellectual and, like, it, it, you know, the joke that I made of, like, okay, like, he's pretty much Donald Trump. Like, a lot of the things that people like about Donald Trump are the things that they were saying when he was running for governor and president. Like, he speaks his mind. He's not afraid of this. Like, yeah. Like, it it was, it literally was, like, me sitting there being, like, and this is why we're in our current position. Yeah. Um, like, just and because also someone speaks their mind in a way that sounds like a typical, like, American and not, like, a politician doesn't mean that they're good. Well, and also, like, uh, to people who aren't necessarily, like, uh, like, agreeing with his politics or whatever he comes across as kind of a joke yeah and so he doesn't seem harmful because he's just funny and that's exactly Mm -hmm. how I think people kind of viewed Trump where he was just like well he's not actually gonna follow through on what because people who were kind of in the middle I feel like that's how they viewed him as like oh whatever like he's not actually gonna follow through on what he says he's just saying shit and then that's how he got elected you know what I mean like he yeah Yes. So, yeah, I totally agree. Like, jokes ought to come across as more harmless because he's easy to laugh at. But he's actually a very, like, he's a pretty dangerous person. Or not dangerous, but, like, I mean, yeah, kind of a dangerous person. And kind of a scary person. Like, they talk about him Uh screaming at his staff and, um, like, having these staff meetings where he just fires people for no reason. Like, he's just like, you're fired. You're not working here anymore. And just screams at people for no reason. And they talk about his, like crazy mood swings that he would just like go off on you one second and like yeah. just totally lose it for no reason and he they talk about a lot of that like that harassment that they got a lot of yeah. his um his people and in the follow-up episode the guy with the long hair I don't remember what his name is oh um, the J- Jacob or Jack or Jake the one who was the informant no <laughs> No. Oh, oh, the Eric, I think? The one who, like, smokes yes. cigarettes all the yes. time? The one who's, like, yes, it's Eric. The one who's just, like, constantly chain-smoking cigarettes throughout the entire thing. Yes. Yes. He talks about, because they, uh, Joel McHale asked him, um, how is it working on, uh, for Jeff? Is it okay? And he was, like, it's better than working for Joe because I don't get harassed over the walkie-talkies all the time and screamed at for everything I do. Yeah. Um. And, and like I quieter. Yeah. And I was going to say the, the interesting thing, 
thing about Joe is that you can also tell that, like, he seems like a very self-conscious person in the sense of he does all these crazy things to deflect from the fact, insecure about whether it's being gay or, like, oh, they don't like me because of, like, because I'm gay or because I do this or because of my mullet. Um, rather than him as a individual, like yeah. he, like he probably can accept the fact that he run, he ran a horrible zoo, but yeah. he he would be like, oh, well, I'm not the bad worker. It's y'all who are the bad workers. Thus, I'm gonna yell abuse and fire you all because uh, I'm I'm doing the best that I can. Because like he points out things throughout it, like. He's, he's got the crazy mullet. He's got the crazy earrings. He's got all the tattoos. He points out that he doesn't wear underwear and that he has a Prince Albert. Thing. I was just about to mention the Prince Albert. I yeah, so, so he talks I... He about this Prince Albert and that he puts a fucking padlock on it. Yeah, so, so <laughs> like, all, all of this is, a, like, a part of the, like, plan. Like, this makes up who he is to, uh, to like, deflect from anyone seeing underneath all of that. You get what I'm trying to say? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Like, you, like you, don't, you, don't just, you don't just walk around with a bleached mullet <laughs> with those earrings and, like, point out stuff to people like that without there being a purpose behind it, you know? Yeah. For sure. Yeah, he's definitely somebody who's, like, uh, and he would wear these, like, sparkly shirts and these, like, big, like, kind of uh, crazy, these crazy outfits all the time, too, and, like, was just, like, a really bizarre character kind of guy that, for sure, he was definitely overcompensating for his insecurities. Okay, that's what I, that, thank you, because that's what I was trying to get across. Like, he (laughs) was so overcompensating, I couldn't think of the word, but yes, Everything he does is for over is overcompensating for whoever he is and insecure about in the inside. I'm going. I said that so I can edit out all of the extra shit. Yes. Um. <laughs> the other really interesting thing is that, um, in the follow up episode, they're talking to the guy who was his producer. Oh yeah. He shared something really really interesting which I wonder if it's true Mm -hmm. um he said the he said that Joe was actually afraid of the big tigers oh I saw that on the snapchat story terrified and he said you know every time you saw him in his videos where he's in the cage with the tigers he's in there because like one of the tigers is blind and the other one is on tranquilizers <gasps> so that's why he's in there with them oh yeah. my god like that's the only way he would ever be in the vicinity like inside of the cage with them is if that was happening for the adult tigers yeah for the adult okay. tigers obviously you see he's like the babies he's not afraid to like touch and hold and play with but as soon as they become adults he's not around them anymore (laughs) yeah 
I think that I think that actually like I wonder if it's true I, I kind of feel like that is true that he does have this like fear of the adult tigers and and that's what this producer says is that it really was not about the animals for him it really wasn't like maybe in no. the beginning it was maybe in the beginning it was about the animals but it, it was all it, the intention and power behind it by the end it really was not about the animals at all and and then yeah for him to even like be a he was even afraid of these animals he was afraid of them and didn't like didn't like them <laughs> like Okay. So, so, yeah. I so I was gonna say, um, what is out of the things that everyone was like, oh yeah, this happened or this didn't happen or there's a rumor that this happened. Like, for sure, what is something that you're like, there, like, there is no way that this didn't happen. I think that for sure, like. Um, Doc Antle is a cult leader, and that it is. Do you just keep going back to this point? I mean, more of the like, okay, do you actually think that Joe Exotic like killed the animals and buried them in the back? Like, do you think that like? Well, yeah, he actually did that. He admitted to that. Uh, I'm, I'm just, I'm just saying. But, but as far as why. Right, because he said that that yeah. it was because they were sick and could not live any longer. Yeah, but yeah. other other people's argued, um, and I I think this is in the follow up episode where they say like they don't believe that those animals um, were actually yeah. sick, and one of the Eric actually says um, it was about making space in the cages. Oh yeah, because yeah, yeah. there's too many tigers and not enough space. So yeah. that's what that's what Eric says, um, mm-hmm. which is really problematic. Uh, problematic, um, and I I believe that I would believe that um, that he okay. didn't do it out of a mer- it wasn't a mercy thing that it was yeah. more of a, um, it, it was more of his like own selfishness mm-hmm. uh, and that he was like just being cruel for no reason and yeah and being malicious for no no reason um yeah. okay do you think that jeff like framed joe or do you think that joe actually tried to have carol baskin murdered i think joe actually tried to have carol baskin killed um <laughs> i i would say i believe i believe both because I think that Joe wanted to and definitely made the steps, but I definitely think that Joe, that Jeff and Jake had played bigger roles I than think they they're letting on. I think they encouraged him because they because he wasn't smart enough. Well, because they said um, at some point that mm-hmm. he, uh, in order to convict him of the the murder for hire thing they needed to prove that there had been an exchange of money yeah um and so they had to kind of go back and try and uh uh, try again with an undercover agent to try to get him to pay somebody to actually pay somebody so I think it was more about like they were really trying to um they were really trying to encourage his uh like oh like egg it on like do it yeah yeah exactly Totally do it. Like they weren't saying no, don't. They weren't saying no. This is bad, and you'll go to jail. They no, were saying don't do yes, it. do it. <laughs> they were saying yes, you should do this. And I think that he was just kind of, he just was, that was what he wanted, mm-hmm. anyway. Um, and yeah, as far as the because when it like, 
the guy who drove down who was gonna kill her and then decided not to Ow. and then later it came out that he that Joe had given him money yeah um, that seemed really that seemed shady that seemed super shady that seemed like they needed a way to um like they needed something to uh get him on like yeah. they needed a way to get the proof and so they were like oh this guy's gonna testify that he gave him money you know so i think that was kind of what it was yeah. um <clears throat> but also I, I do think he was trying to get people to kill her um oh yeah 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 for sure and then obviously the big last one was did Carol Baskin kill, kill her, her husband? husband? And my answer is for fucking sure. Okay. I remain slightly unconvinced, but also like mostly like I'm like I would say I'm like 75% sure. You're 75% sure that she killed him? Yes. Because purely because of like like, because I know his family is, like, um, like, sure that she killed him, but also they hate her. So, like, I feel like they could also be taking that out, like, those emotions about not having um, not having him in their lives anymore on her, in a way. So, like, I don't necessarily go by, like, the family, but also, but, but the financial benefits, like, th- that she financially benefited off of his, his death, and that, like she went, you know, five years in one day. Um, yeah. <laughs> when the requirement was five years to have them declared dead, she waited five years in one day and then yeah. went and had him declared dead and then immediately start, like, took control of all his finance, was able to take control of all his finances and was able to, like, redistribute um, yeah. them in her favor. Yeah, that's, that's shady as fuck. That's, uh, like... So I think she did it for multiple reasons. One off because... She uh, she had his assistant's trailer office slash taken. What? She she like gained his will because a copy of the will was under the assistant's desk. Oh and yeah, she, like, that's right, and it got stolen or whatever. Yeah, she, like she, she took it. She took it. Yeah. I also would say the fact that you know she, like. Obviously, it's not like he would, like, run away and change his name to hide his identity. Like, that didn't come across to me because, like, he's already, you know, like, divorced one person, remarried another person. Like, he doesn't give two shits. But Yeah, but at the same time, his, like, you know, his thing about how, like, he was planning to go to Costa Rica that day, like... (laughs) And that was, like, a known plan that he was going to go to Costa Rica. Um, yeah, but, like, that's also a perfect a perfect co- cover story. It is. It is, for sure. Like, oh, you story. know what? This person's already leaving. Why don't I murder them? Yeah. And no one will <laughs> ever know that, like, you know, that that was kind of my mentality. The fact that, like, Carol, like, he had a restraining order against her. Yeah. If he had a restraining order against her, why would he tell her to get the plane ready? Yeah. He was for sure afraid of her, and she was definitely controlling over him. 
Um, and I think that that's seen in like the, the way that she is definitely controlling over her current husband. Um, mm-hmm. So for sure, she she saw him leaving as a threat to her and her ability to have that power and control over him if he left her and also to have his money um, and yep. have him uh, f- his finances to take care of herself. So, yeah, I, there's definitely like there's definitely motive there. There's definitely like those there's the circumstantial evidence or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think yeah. she fed him to the tigers. I don't know if she fed him to the tigers, but maybe. I I do I do think that she probably cremated him because it would be a good way to get rid of him. Oh yeah. Well I think if anything, like, oh, I cremated him and then I threw his ashes into the like tiger pit. I definitely think that she killed him. Yeah. I think but I also think that, that would just be much more of an interesting story. <laughs> um so you know, take take my opinion with a grain of grain of salt, clearly. Hey guys, this is Marissa editing. So we had a lot of footage and we wanted to make sure that we didn't cut out everything um, that we wanted to include it. And we still have Abby's dad's interview. So this is going to be part one and we'll also be releasing part two, which will include further details as well as Abby's dad, Mike's perspective. So don't forget to tune in to that one. But As always, thank you guys so much for listening. Don't forget to check us out on our social medias. You can check that out in the descriptions below. And uh, yeah, don't forget to take your meds. Bye.